From the Kaufman Radio Studios in Salina, welcome everybody to the Todd Kaufman Radio Show. A very good Wednesday to you, wherever you may be. Let's get to the subjects at hand and the things that we want to talk about. Again, this is the Todd Kaufman Show. Welcome aboard to the YouTube family. We are also on the Anchor app along with Spotify, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. You can find the audio version there. A lot to talk about today. The California University School System, uh, California State University System, I should say, came out with a a major announcement that they are going to close 23 different universities for the fall semester. What does that do for a lot of schools across the CSU system? And what does that mean? For some of the ISDs, for some of the local elementary high school, are they going to take a page out of the CSU book and are they going to decide to close? That is a major, major development that we have going on. We'll talk about that in just a second. Also, are sports going to be returning? Major League Baseball, the owners have said that they have approved a deal for baseball to return in July, but that does not mean that baseball is going to return in July. That approval is going before the players, and I'm almost 99% sure, and I can almost guarantee that the players are not going to approve this, that they are not going to return in July, and they are made, They may not return anytime soon if some of these the big-time agents have anything to say about it, and we'll see how that uh, breaks out as, as we go along. The other story I want to talk about is a San Diego-based story, and a lot of you may not care. I care. I hope some of the people in San Diego care. San Diego State, I saw it on Instagram a week ago or so, and San Diego State was announcing a new stadium, this flashy new stadium. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking through Twitter on my day off today, got the the next couple of days off actually, and I'm looking through Twitter and lo and behold, there isn't even an agreement in place yet between the city council and San Diego State University. So why, oh why, oh why, oh why indeed, is San Diego State announcing a stadium that they don't even have an agreement on. And by the way, there was a vote supposed to happen today, and the City Council of San Diego is not even putting that vote on the docket. Can you imagine how pissed off San Diego State is right now? But i got to tell you, the City of San Diego has just flopped on this particular stadium issue because it was between San Diego State and what's called Soccer City. They were the first to come out with a proposal. They got beat up by San Diego State, actually not by the university, but by the voters who decided they wanted a local entity instead of an entity they really didn't know very much about. And you have to look back at hindsight's 2020. Would Soccer City have gotten this done faster, or would we still be in the, the lockjam that we're in right now with between the city council and the university. There's a lot to discuss today. Let's get to the school updates. And again, in the New York Times, California State University system has closed 23 different universities across the, the state of California for the fall semester of 2020. That doesn't mean that they, will, they won't reopen in 2021. It just means that they are going to do online classes only in 2020. Now, the question that brings up to me, and one thing that uh, the New York Times brought up, was the $14 billion package that, that Congress uh, sent over isn't going to be enough for some of these universities if their uh, admissions drops dramatically. But let's not just look at and some people might go, well, so what? A university closes. Those kids will go to school somewhere else. It's not that simple. If a school closes, and I'll use a perfect example of a place that I spent a lot of my time as a kid. Let's look at Fresno State University. They're part of the Cal State University system. 
if they close, what happens to the shops around it? What happens to the restaurants around it that rely on these students being there? That's a huge part of their financial ability to stay open. What happens if Fresno State closes? What happens to, um, you know, you're losing all these students. What happens to everything that centers around Fresno State University? What happens to the, the, uh, the shops that rely on that income? What happens, I mean, there is so much centered around this university for the city of Fresno that it won't just destroy the university. It's going to destroy a lot of businesses in that area. And granted, I can make fun of Fresno all I want because I've got plenty of jokes surrounding it. And we'll talk about the airport here in a second. I'll tell you that little story and why oh, why the city I grew up in just <laughs> from bad to worse on the airport name. Um, but it's not as simple as a school closing. It's just not. There's so much more involved. So, you know, you look at Fresno State. How about Cal State Fullerton? You know, how about, you know, all these other smaller schools that aren't, you know, bigger Cal State schools? What happens to them? What happens to the economy in, in those particular cities? What happens to the students that are there? What happens to the students that are on scholarship? What happens to them? I go back to Fresno State. What happens to the football players that received a scholarship offer from Fresno State if, if Fresno State closes, which I... I don't think they're going to. I think they're too big to, to close. I don't think they're going to be one of them, but I'm just using them as an example. What happens to those football players? What happens to the softball players that are on scholarship? Where do they go? Are these other schools just going to automatically open a scholarship position for these athletes that received a scholarship somewhere else? Can they do that? Will these people even play for those schools? If they weren't good enough to play for you know, some of these other, you know, bigger schools throughout the, the Mountain West or the, the Pac-10 or Pac-12, whatever they're calling themselves now. What happens to these players? What if they're not good enough to play for the Pac-12, a Washington State, let's say? What happens? They just don't go to school. They drop out. They they have to pay their own way through through school if they want to remain in school. There's a lot of questions to remain unanswered until – this is figured out, and if some schools close their doors, I'm telling you, it's bigger than a school closing its doors. It's a lot bigger than that. Let's get to the ISD stuff, too, because th there was an announcement. I shouldn't say an announcement, but an update that was done by a, a good friend of mine. He is the superintendent of Lovejoy ISD, Mike Goddard, and he did a YouTube video update, and he's, he's so very good at these in keeping parents and students updated on what's going on, the decisions that are being made. Uh, what they're looking at, what the possibilities are. And one of the possibilities that came up was, you know, everybody's wondering about the 2020 semester in the, coming up in the fall. And trust me, when I tell you, my wife and I are wondering about it. We're in the Prosper ISD system. Our daughter's supposed to start kindergarten in the fall. And we're wondering, is she going to be able to start kindergarten? Or are we going to be have to be teachers plus full-time, you know, employees for the companies that we work for? You know, we, let me tell you, my wife and I were not born to be teachers. <laughs> it's not our calling. <laughs> it's not. I'm surprised I can still two, do two plus two. 
you know, you start getting into length times width and I'm out. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, if I have to, you know, learn how to color all over again, okay, I can do that because I spent a lot of, a lot of weekends coloring with, with both of my kids, but, um, you know, well, it, it's certainly not doing math or algebra or any of that stuff. You know, we can handle kindergarten for the most part, but we don't want her doing distance learning, not because that we don't want to be the ones doing it, but we want her to have the experience of being in a bigger school. You know, we want her to, to begin that experience of being in a classroom type environment and, and learning and, and making new friends and starting her new academic career. And this is a, a really important time in a kid's life where, you know, you talk about socializing and getting used to the surroundings and new schedule and homework and athletics and all these different things. And not to say that athletics won't still be there, even if you go to online classes, but it's not going to be the same because you're not around people. My daughter's already struggling enough. And I know a lot of the kids that are still, you know, trying to finish up their, their high school or elementary years right now are struggling just the same because you don't get to see your friends. Regardless of the fact that some of these states are looking at opening or reopening, I should say, does it really mean that you can go hang out with your friends again? I mean, you can certainly, you know, blow off the the 10 person thing or you can blow off the social distancing and go, you know, if you trust the people you're going to go hang out with, then go do you, you know what I mean? But I just, I think it's so incredibly important for these schools to be, um, to be available to our kids. But to that end, Goddard's update for 2020 is is really kind of one that they're still looking at. I don't think Goddard or his staff, and as, as incredible as they've done throughout this, and as incredible as every ISD has done, you know, trying to do something that they've never done before and trying to do it well. And I feel for the teachers that have been in because, again, they've never been in this situation either, so they're trying to learn something new. But I think the new normal for this, because this isn't just flu season, ladies and gentlemen, this isn't cold and flu season. This is a pandemic. This is something to take very, very seriously. And this is, you know, all eyes are on these ISDs. All eyes are on places like Disney, where social distancing was never really a thought ever in their history. I was talking to a friend of mine about going to Disney World, and we're possibly looking at November for going. We were supposed to go at the end of April for our 10-year wedding anniversary, and now we're looking at going you know, sometime in November. But my question to him is, how does Disney or how does a school enforce social distancing? Because we've all been in classrooms. How many of us were in our classroom? 20, 25, 30? They weren't six feet apart. Those desks weren't. So what do you, how do you handle that? And I think that's still the question that remains for a lot of these ISDs is how do we handle social distancing? It's never something that we've enforced before. So how do we enforce this? If we do reopen our doors, we, if we do fling open our doors and go, hey, everybody, welcome back. How do you enforce social distancing? And the, and the answer to that simply to me is you can't. But what that brings up to parents is are you comfortable at sending your kid? Are you comfortable sending them through those doors, even though there's no social distancing? Are you okay sending your kid back to school? Some of those parents, like my wife and I, are going to go, absolutely. We absolutely are, are, we are okay sending our daughter to kindergarten without issue. But that's us. That's not every parent. 
there are going to be some parents who will who will tell the 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 leadership and the and the the you know the people within the school that I'm sorry, I'm just not comfortable with that. I'm not ready to send my kid back if there's a second wave of this. And we keep, we keep hearing that there's a second wave of this pandemic coming. We don't know when, we don't know where, we don't know how big it is. So if that is, in fact, the case, if there is a second wave coming, do you want your child there? Will this, and it, there was a point that was made a couple of days ago from somebody that I was talking to, and their point was, if one kid gets sick, if, if schools fling open their doors and one kid gets sick, do you close the doors again? The simple answer to that is yes. Yeah, you do. Because you can't go, oh, it's just one. It's going to be more than one. If you don't, it's going to be, and they have to because the, the PR hit and, and the, uh, the feeling of, uh, mistrust among the parents is is going to be pretty severe if they don't close their doors pretty quickly. So that they're up again. I mean, really, for every school district, they're in a no-win situation. So whether you say that the California school system or, Cal- or university, Cal- I shouldn't say university, California state university system, whether you believe they did the right thing or not, they were in a no-win situation. They were. If they fling their doors open again, like I just talked about with some of the school districts here in Texas, if they just flung their doors open to 100,000 students, can you guarantee that no one gets sick? Wash your hands all you want. Disinfect all you want. These college campuses are humongous. You just can't. You can't get every square inch. Not every day. Mm -mm. And if one kid gets sick, you shut the doors again. They were in a no-win situation, and honestly... Here's what I'll say about the ISDs here in Texas. I think they have to stay closed. I think they have to. I think you give it one more semester to see if you can't get this right. And not to say that they haven't got it right, but I think you have to look at giving these school districts another four months, three and a half, four months heading into the holidays to learn whether or not they can do both kids in class and online only. And can they give a full online only option? You know, and somebody made the point to me uh, over the weekend, colleges are doing this. They're doing online only. They have the, but the, the problem is these university systems have the, have the budget. They have the infrastructure to do that because they've been doing this for a while. High schools were never built for this. Elementary schools, junior high were never built for this. They don't have the infrastructure for that. Do they have the budget? I, I don't know. From Mike Goddard to update on his YouTube video, uh, I think he did. I think he posted it yesterday. It certainly seems like they took a budget hit from being closed. So if they remain closed, how big of a budget hit is that? So there's a lot of questions that we can't answer. There are a lot of different factors up in the air that these ISTs have to worry about. And how I feel about the decisions that they have, they are in a no-win situation. It's just like the CSU system. They were in a no-win situation. Either they close their doors and do what they felt was right and give themselves another four months to see what this pandemic does. And I'm talking about four months from the, the start of the 2020 fall semester. 
because most of these schools were going to be were going to close anyway during the summer because most kids are gone and gone back home during the summer anyway. But it was either close for that semester and let them figure some things out and could they potentially stay afloat if they did most of their classes online or at least offered more online classes to people? Or do they fling their doors back open in the spring and go, let's see how this goes? So there's a lot of decisions to make. And for guys like Mike Goddard and other superintendents around the state of Texas and around every other state in the country, they have the hardest decision, I think, in the world. Harder than the CSU system, I, I, I would think. Because, again, high schools, elementary, junior high, don't have the infrastructure for this. Can they do it? They've shown they can do it. But parents don't want to be teachers, especially those who weren't called to do it. And especially those who can't stay home to teach their kids. They can't become stay-at-home parents, plus working a full-time job. There's some that just can't do that. So there are very difficult decisions that are to come. Let's get to uh, Major League Baseball. And I, I am a big, big baseball guy. Padres. Padres. <laughs> you can tell who I root for. Um, the owners approved Major League Baseball returning in July. Now, there's a, there's a key word in there. The owners approved it. And that approval was supposed to go to the players. It was either supposed to go late today or, excuse me, late yesterday or today. But from the articles that I'm reading, I don't think the players are going to approve this, and I don't know that we're going to see baseball back this year. And if we don't, what does that mean for the NFL? What does that mean for college football? What does that mean for college basketball, college baseball, softball, swimming, golf? What does that mean? And not just college golf. I'm talking about PGA, too. And PGA, granted, can play without people in the – uh, in the gallery, they can. I think that's the one sport they can do it without issue. Is it as fun? No, but actually a, a comment that I made to uh, a writer who I know at Fort Worth Star-Telegram, I said, you know, if the PGA Tour is going to play without fans, I think what the PGA Tour should do is mic up some of these these golfers and allow fans to hear conversations they usually don't get to hear, even in the gallery. Let these guys have a little bit of fun with it. Let these guys play the game. Let them joke around. Let them let this be an all-star game for four rounds. Now, granted, I know a lot of guys are are too serious about the game to do that, but I don't see the problem with it. I'm not talking about all of them, but see if you can't put this in front of the players and go, guys, we're not playing in front of fans, but the fans still, you know, we still want to, you know, golf was struggling to have fans anyway, and especially while Tiger was out. Well, now Tiger's back. So if we're going to bring fans in, why not do what NASCAR did and allow us to hear some of the conversations? If you're at a NASCAR race, which, you know, admittingly, I haven't been, but I've, you know, they have the radios and people can hear the conversations during the race. So why not do that with a PGA Tour? If you want to bring fans back in, let's mic up the players and the caddies and let, let the, these guys have fun with it. Let them joke around. Let them, let them figure out that this game is actually fun. Yeah, they're competitive. But they grew up loving this game, so let them have fun with it. But as far as baseball goes, can they play without fans? Absolutely. Do I think they should mic them up? I think it'd be fun, but I think you'd be in a lot more trouble. I think the guy on the dump button is going to be hitting it a lot. 
especially for teams that don't like each other, and you're going to have fights, and you're going to have things that are said, and <laughs> the guy in the dump button is going to be pretty busy. Um, but I just don't think, even without fans, you still have, what, 20 to 25 guys plus staff plus some media plus agents plus everything else, medical people. You still have a lot of people around each other. We've all seen dugouts. We've all been in them a time or two. You know, whether it's a tour of the stadium or you just got, you know, we know what a dugout is. Those guys aren't six feet from each other, and there's no way to keep these guys six feet from each other to do social distancing. So for on the player's end, is it worth it to do it? As a fan, I want it back. As a fan, I want sports back in general. Some Somebody said, I would watch soccer, you know, just for sports to come back. Eh, not me. <laughs> I'm not a soccer guy. Not not my cup of tea. It, it, it would work for some, and, and I know I have some friends who are soccer fans and have tried to get me on board, and I'm married to a soccer fan, so um, it's just not my cup of tea. But... Uh, the bigger question, as I just asked, what does it mean for the NFL? What does it mean for the NCAA? Uh, college football is a bigger thing. You've seen the sidelines. These guys can't stay six feet apart. So what do you do there? Do they care about social distancing? I think they have to. I'm not saying that the players care. I think the players would rather play and, and let the chips fall where they may. You know, they, they hey, let's let's do this. Let's play. And some of them may not even worry about an illness. Some may not even care about the pandemic. They they haven't been sick, so they're like, they're bring it on, let's go. Not saying all of them are, but I'm sure there's some of them that are going, I, I don't think it's that serious, let's go. But from a professional perspective, NFL, same thing. You can't social distance. You know, they can, but these professional sports, the NFL, the PGA, Major League Baseball, they all have TV contracts so they don't necessarily need the fans. Now, granted, and somebody brought this up to me, and it was a good point, that these professional sports still rely on the the gate or the the ticket sales and the the revenue from the team shops of people that are uh, that are at the games. I think it was forty percent of the team's revenue. And I my response to that was. of the team's revenue from television deals and everything else will keep these teams afloat for one year or even longer. And if you can postpone for a year, if you can play for a year at 60% of what your normal operating budget is, I think you can stay afloat for that long. Especially teams like the, the every team around the NFL can probably stay afloat for more than a year. Major League Baseball might be a little bit different because it seems like the NFL has certainly taken over as the sport that more people would want to watch than baseball, not me. I don't care about the NFL. I don't watch it. My football is on Saturdays, not Sundays. There are a lot of Cowboy fans in this area and in the state of Texas and, you know, Dallas, Fort Worth, and that's to be expected. Do I care? Not even a little bit. And I'm not going to tell you why because I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. So, you know, I, I think – I think the players are not going to approve this. I don't think NFL players would approve it. I don't think the the NCAA or students would approve it, but they have a lot less power in this than professional athletes do. 
right or wrong. <laughs> I know some people's argument with that, right or wrong. I get it. The The last topic that I want to talk about, and this may, uh, this has a, a dual interest for me because of being from San Diego and living there for so long and being a Padre fan like I am. Not a San Diego State fan. I, I, I'm a Fresno State fan, as you can see over my shoulder. Um, but San Diego State has really, do I want to say spit the bit on this? Um, there was a stadium negotiation or stadium deal or stadium debate, however you want to call it, stadium fight, between Soccer City, who wanted to build a soccer stadium and also have a stadium that would expand to house San Diego State as well. And San Diego State was not in any way interested. And they could say whatever they want, but the real reason that San Diego State wasn't interested is they were not interested in sharing a stadium any longer. San Diego State was was sharing a stadium with the San Diego Chargers for long enough, and they wanted to be no one's roommate. People can say, no, San Diego State wanted a bigger stadium. <laughs> okay. Or San Diego State wanted, you know, campus expansion. That wasn't the number one issue. Let's let's not get it twisted. And San Diego State won the vote. The voters of San Diego County, not San Diego City, San Diego County, because they're two different things. So it didn't – and I have to wonder if it involved all of the voters of San Diego – and I'm talking about the entire city, not just San Diego County. If that vote would have gone a lot differently. I'm curious. I'm very, very curious. Maybe it wouldn't have. Maybe the vote would have turned out exactly the same. But I, I do wonder. So San Diego State wins the vote by San Diego County voters. Congratulations. Good for them. Now, before I get into my uh, my actual opinion of how poorly San Diego State has handled this, what I want to say is this, because I have some people that I know who have a son who plays for San Diego State, and I'm not going to mention their name because I don't need to. Um, San Diego State needs a new stadium, desperately. Because playing at Jack Murphy or Qualcomm or SDCCU, which how whatever name that you want to call it by, the stadium is an absolute dump. Simple as that. It's it's an it's an eyesore. It's a dump. And for a university that has a as good of a football program as San Diego State does, they need a stadium that they can be proud of. And from what I understand, or what I've understood in the past. The coaching staff does not take the players to the stadium to see it because there's no reason to. It's nothing to show off. It's nothing to brag about. As a matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. But you don't have to sell San Diego. We're 15 minutes from the beach. We've got a great new basketball arena. It's San Diego. You're not trying to pay for a house while you're there. You finish your four-year degree. If you want to stay in San Diego and get a top-flight job, great. If you want to go somewhere else, good for you. But for those four years, you don't have to sell a stadium. Take them to the, the weight room. Take them to the, the basketball arena where the basketball team plays. 
especially if you're a basketball player. <laughs> I mean, and I'm just saying, you don't have to sell San Diego. I know. I lived there for 13 years. I get it. It's San Diego. People have asked, why in the world would you move from San Diego to Texas? It's a fair question. I'm glad I did. But San Diego is an amazing city. San Diego State needs a new stadium. If they're ever going to be taken seriously in terms of moving conferences, especially with football, they're never going to be taken seriously at that stadium, ever. As good as they can be, they can go undefeated. Boise State, they haven't left the Mountain West. <laughs> I mean, they've got a they've got a, a glitzy new stadium. But no offense to those Boise State fans, you guys just aren't sexy enough. I'm sorry. It's just not a draw. They're not a television draw. Like that or hate it, that's the truth. Television ratings-wise, you're not sexy enough. I could say the same for Fresno State. They're never going to be sexy enough to go to the Pac-12. Ever. (laughs) That's just the truth. Their ratings aren't there. Their ratings are hardly there in the city itself. Let alone sexy enough for the Pac-12. There's no point to that. Not that there's going to be an expansion anytime soon, but I'm getting away from the point. Again, San Diego State needs a new stadium, and they need it badly. But they have spit the bit in this. They have misplayed this from the from the get-go. The, the arrogance of those who were leading the charge and those who were leading the fight for San Diego State have misplayed this. Because they walked into this fight against Soccer City and they did enough to win the vote. They did enough by saying, we're San Diego State. We're local. We're, you should vote for us because we, you know, you know us. You know, you know we need campus expansion. and that, 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 that. Flexing their muscles up and down. That won you the vote. That hadn't gotten you anything else. And the fact that you actually announced this stadium, that you showed it off, and I just happened to see it on Instagram. And I think it was on the university Instagram page. I can't remember if it was that or if it was San Diego State football's page. I can't, I, I can't remember. But the fact that you showed this off, that you announced this, essentially, and you don't even have a deal? That you're still in negotiations? You guys are shooting yourselves in the foot. Your arrogance is what has gotten you here. Your entitlement is what has gotten you here. You thinking that you can walk in the door, flex your muscles and stick out your chest and say, we're San Diego State, we deserve this, that, and the other. What's it gotten you? Nothing. Is it ever going to get... I was listening to 600 KOGO out of San Diego. There's a radio show done by Jack Cronin and Darren Smith. I know both guys. I went to high school with Jack. Actually, I've known... uh, I went to uh, uh, elementary... And high school with Jack. So I knew him uh, for, God, I've known him since he and I were in first grade. Haven't talked to him in a while, but I know he's killing it out in San Diego. Haven't seen him in probably 15 years, but dude is, is just killing it out there. And Darren I've known for a long time as well. One of the best guys in the media industry you're ever going to find. But they do a show on 600 KOGO. Uh, Darren's on uh, 1360, extra 1360, the Darren Smith show. Uh, out of San Diego. I try to check in on that show as much as I can. Um, But I was listening to those who talk about the stadium uh, situation. And 
this show was from May 6th. So granted, this was um, last week. And a couple of quotes that I took away from this show, uh, they said there's been contentious behavior on both sides. And negotiations are dysfunctional. And then there was something else that I heard, and I, I I forget now that if it was said by Darren or if he if Darren referenced something that uh, was said from the Voice of San Diego or a source from the Voice of San Diego, one of the the local um, media sites out there who does a who's actually done a, a tremendous job through all of the negotiations for the new stadium that's been going on for I don't know four or five years now. Actually, longer than that with the the Chargers moving out of town. Um, but that San Diego State is now saying that they could walk away and the city council can just sell it to a, a, a developer and build another shopping mall. I'm telling you right now, San Diego State's going to take that attitude they're not going to build anything, nothing. If they're just going to give up on this, it, they, and you can bluff all you want because that's all you've been doing this whole time. And people have called you on the bluff. The The only one that you actually won, the, the only one that has gotten you here is you won the vote. But I think it was because people believed that you would get this across the finish line. When that vote, and this was November of last year, so now we're almost, no, was this, this actually might have been, no, this was November of 2018 is when this vote was won. And if you think for a second that your arrogance was going to push you across the finish line like it did with the vote in San Diego, San Diego County, if you thought San Diego County is what was going to get you over the finish line, again, the university has badly misplayed this. And they walk away from this, and it's over. And the vote was for what? The the fight and the, the contentious behavior and the negative things they were throwing around about Soccer City were for what? Oh, now you're going to back down? Now you're going to back out? All of this. If you back out, all of this was for nothing. All of this that San Diego State was for said was for the city of San Diego, everybody's going to realize that it was never for the city. And if anyone in San Diego ever thought that, that it was for the city, you're naive. This had nothing to do with the city of San Diego. This was about San Diego State. And as much as they need a new stadium... It, had they played this better than they, they're playing it right now, they might have a deal. But their arrogance has got them here. Their foolishness has gotten them here. Their entitlement has gotten them here. They back out now, and this was all for naught. And for those in the leadership of San Diego State who are, who are in this, if you back out, if you bail now, that's it. I don't want to hear any more about it. 
If you can't finish this fight, if you can't put your differences aside, if you can't put your arrogance aside, if you can't put your entitlement aside and do what's best for the city of San Diego, not just yourselves, if you can do what's best for the city, you will get this deal done. If you continue to rail and flex your muscles and say, look at us, we're San Diego State, then you may as well tear SDCCU Stadium down yourself and go ahead and sign over a new shopping mall, and you guys will have nothing to play in. If that's how this is going to go, you may as well throw away your football program too. For those of you who love to uh, join us on the Todd Kaufman Show, hit the subscribe button. Oops. See, I always do this wrong. I always do this wrong. It's it's oh, it, it's over here somewhere. <laughs> Hey, at least I, I, I'm real. I'm not going to be this professional guy, professional guy that's gotten used to a show and saying it's right down here, right there. I'll try. I'll try better next time. But hit that red subscribe button. I hope you keep coming back. I do the, the daily encouragement. I hope you guys enjoy that too. Uh, there's just some random thoughts that come up, random encouragement that I want to give you, thoughts that, that I hope resonate with you. Um, I posted one this morning, just uh, was thinking about some things, you know, being outside playing basketball again. And, um, I do, I do really hope that resonates with you. I hope the the podcast is something you can enjoy. The video is something you can enjoy. You keep coming back, um, you know, throw your comments in there. I I'm not, uh, I'm okay with having a conversation. If you want to be insulting, go somewhere else. But if you want to have a conversation and we can talk, I'm all for it. So that I would absolutely welcome for myself, Todd Kaufman, thank you very, very much for joining us. Again, uh, find me on Facebook at uh, Todd Kaufman Radio, K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. You can find me on Twitter at T underscore Kaufman, K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. And again, find me on YouTube. You can find the audio side of the podcast on the Anchor app, on Spotify, on Breaker, on Google Podcasts. So again, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you keep coming back, and we will see you on the flip side. So long, everybody.